She sells Sanctuary from the Colt, bringing us in today as we talk top Colt bands, our favorite Colt bands. So we thought it was <laughs> we thought it was any excuse to play She Sells Sanctuary by the Colt. I'm down with that. Harrison picked it out. Uh, Rob Probably Ford, the first mention of the Colt on the show. Oddly, too, because that song is always appropriate. Like I was saying, weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, any event, it's good to go. Hockey. Minor league ballparks, yep. hockey. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's exactly what I want played at my funeral, actually. Do you, Todd? Role. Do you? Right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait to the... Here we go. Ian Asbury, alumnus yeah. of the 21st Century Doors, everybody. Uh, also <laughs> drumming on that. Doors of the 21st Century. Oh, Doors of the 21st Century. That's correct. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, name. that's not a product sold at Home Depot. That was an actual band. Uh, also, <laughs> a, Matt Sorum drumming there, who's a member of my dream band, the Rob Ford Experience. He was drafted by me in the rock draft, too. Let's not forget that. So. Wait, Matt Sorum was in the cult? Yes, Matt that. Sorum was in the cult. I know. A lot of people. The cult. I know him as Guns N' Roses. So, you know, right? yeah. I don't think of him as. So, so the, the, the topic actually has, has nothing to do with the cult. Uh, we're talking, <laughs> but we it's want very it. literal here. We're being very <laughs> literal. Very literal. Yeah, top top cult bands. So bands with a, a loyal, diehard following may or may not have achieved mainstream success. That will be the the topic today. Uh, some other stuff to touch on though before we get to the countdown. By the way, I'm Scott, as always, joined by Todd and Harrison. Welcome to the show. And if you're finding our show on SoundCloud, you can find it on iTunes too. Just search Twisted Lister and you can find it other places too. And we always thank our loyal listeners for their ongoing support. Guys, how are you doing? Todd, you're coming off of a fish show recently. Yes. Yeah. I know. Very yeah. appro- I feel like to yeah. this topic, today's topic is very appropriate given that I saw fish last night at Meriwether Post in, uh, in Maryland. And they put on a hell of a show. Like Scott saw him a few weeks ago. I think he talked about it on, on one of the shows. But they are just – they're in a, in a great zone right now where they, they sound unbelievable. Yeah, they really are. Um, they're, they're sounding really good. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, Trey was awesome. The crowd was great. Like, it was, it was cool. I had, I had only been – this was my second fish show ever. And my, the other one was 12 years ago in Hampton, Virginia, which is one of their, another place they love to play. But uh, this one I remember more of, so that's a positive. I'm a little older, so <laughs> I pace myself better, but – no, they, they, they put on an awesome show and they um they did play Tweezer, which is you know is is always a fan favorite. So when they played Tweezer, I was like, all right, I'm happy. And then they played uh they also played Forty Six Days, which I love. Oh yeah. It's a great song. So um yeah, they were I was I was telling Scott earlier, they Trey it was funny, I don't expect like stage antics from fish necessarily, but Trey was had <laughs> grabbed a microphone a la Wyland. Scott Weiland, and he's running all over the stage. It was great. And then, and then at one point, Trey and uh, and Mike Gordon, the bass player, they're both they both get on their backs. They're still playing their instruments, and they're they're doing a bicycle on their backs. I was like, this is great, some showmanship. But know? but it would have been it would have been better if they had busted into a cover of Sex Type thing. That would have really made. Uh, it, of course, oh, that would have yeah, that that would've, would've, that would've, yeah, the deal. Yeah, new new level. Yeah. Yeah, that would. But uh, been no, good. Yeah. it was an awesome show, and it just reminded me if I needed a reminder of like the devotion of fish fans like just talking to people in the parking lot talking to people inside the show there's this communal feel oh, todd you you know, harrison you like that shows. wait harrison you like that todd's doing his research for our show while at the fish show i like that's that. right yeah, right. yeah. It never stops yeah. it's it's awesome he had the ipad out his notes down. <laughs> oh, oh definitely yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway it was it was a great show i highly recommend seeing them if they're coming to your town 
Um, Scott and I both, you know, we yeah. both did it, and we're, we're happier that we did. Only so. a couple, I think, only a couple more weeks left in that that summer tour. But, I think so. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're doing they're they're sounding really, really good. Uh, this week, by the way, the the you know after we come out with, I mean, we do playlists every every single week. That's like what we do, right? Then we come out, and then now the president That's decides right. to come out with his playlist on Spotify, and I wanted to give him some credit. As we always, you know, we give credit to people that are creating cool content. I don't know if the president really had his hand in doing this, but the president's list on Spotify, I thought it was awesome. Have you guys seen the president's playlist, by the way, yet? Have either of you I guys? have not seen it. I have not. Right. Oh, no. I gotta, can, you t- can you give us a little yeah, sample? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. On? I'm going to give you – it's really – whoever put it together, I'm not taking anything away from Barack – but the president's summer playlist daytime. I suggest this is Todd, and you're going to be and Todd. I know you're a. What does he call it? His summer playlist. That's that's my that's yeah. my wheelhouse right there. Oh, yeah, Todd. Todd. I, for people who know me, I've been doing seasonal playlists or mixes for as long as I can remember. You, oh yeah. You've got to call Barack. I mean, he had he's he did a pretty good. It's pretty good, man. Oh man. Ain't he? Can, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm so close. I'm two miles away or so. I could. I could be there in a flash. Uh, he had Florence oh, the Mach- he had Florence the Machine on there. He had Brandy Carlisle on there. He had Bob Marley on there. Cool. He's got wow. Yeah, then he's got Temptations, Isley Brothers. Uh, he does have Coldplay's Paradise, which I absolutely detest that song. I would Oof. not if you're gonna put a Coldplay song on a mixtape. Why are you gonna pick? Yeah, that's there? not a good one. That's, that's not a good one. Um, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, Hot Fun in the Summertime. How about this one? Nappy Roots makes an appearance on the President's oh, Summer Playlist. Whoa, nice. And it's not that's the awesome. hit. It's not Po Folks. It's Good Day. Okay. This, I mean, he, Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter. Uh, Oakerville River is on the President's Playlist. Really? How about that? Wow. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then He's touching a lot of bases there, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then his like, nighttime indie rock, R and B, like he, like folk. Yeah, shit. nighttime playlist includes. How about this one? You know, and the key with a mixtape too is picking the right track. It's not only the right artist, but also the right track because you don't want to pick a track that's overplayed. How about this one? He puts Otis Redding on the nighttime playlist, and he puts yeah. I've Got Dreams to Remember. How about I mean that's oh, a good one. great that's a really great good song, one. right? Uh, not the biggest yeah. hit, but a great great song. I mean, it's Definitely. he does he does a good job with it. I was um and as I was thinking about the president doing his thing. With the summer playlist, I thought that maybe the the candidates would get involved, and I brought it back. Harrison, you'll appreciate this. I brought it back to our show from last week. If Donald Trump did a playlist, he'd probably have Mexican radio on the list, wouldn't he? <laughs> and he yes. would he would oh, he would also have my Eddie Money track. Give me some water about shooting Mexican shooting people on the Mexican border. He would probably have that one as well. I just wanted to make sure we had an Eddie Money uh, reference. We can do a whole show about this, man. That's actually a good idea. Oh, to do like, the, the like, candidates. Like songs of candidates yeah. you know what would be <laughs> yeah and if anybody forgot what I, yeah go ahead harrison i'd say best political songs is a good show in the future that is a that is a good Definitely. song dan Byrne, who we've had on the show his song president would be my my number one pick and if anybody oh, for, spoiler for, alert todd did you forget what give me some water sounded like <laughs> i think i did it's been a while anyway it's about shooting people on the mexican border so and it's Eddie Money? It's Eddie Money, dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure that that would be on. Uh, all right, I said the joke once. Uh, anyway, that was uh, so that yeah that that happened this week. Also, Dr. Dre drops Compton this week. I've listened to the first half of the album. Pretty impressed. Have you guys checked it out yet at all, Dre? I know the dis- distribution is an issue. You're an Android user, correct, Harry? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am. That's not an issue for me necessarily. So, uh, <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? 
<laughs> I was I was uh, uh, in, listening to the first uh, couple tracks right before the show. I have to say it's just a little hard to swallow. Like I don't know if if uh, a, a billionaire has a lot to bring to the rap game these days. I guess like, I'm able I feel to, like yeah. maybe. All right. And he kind of talks about in, the, in that the first song he's like I've no I kind I'm kind of a billionaire I don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but my but my. But my son's in this movie that just happened to drop this week. Dude. That's about me, so you should go see it. The movie. It's basically the first. I really song. want to see the movie. Have, you haven't seen the movie, have, has anyone seen it? I no, I, I haven't seen it yet. But my God, the the first uh, the numbers just came out like fifty six million. I think first week they're gonna really. Do. It's insane. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. I I um I thought I thought the like I said I would listen to the first half of the album. I think it's pretty good. I think it's worth us doing as we come up, come up with ideas for shows. I think it's worth us doing a best producer uh show because Dre again, he I think it's it's a great album. He did, I don't know. I I went in and I didn't have huge expectations. The marketing aspect of it really turned me off. The distribution piece of it turned me off, but it, I got into it, man, as I was listening to it. I really I liked it and I think there's something to be said about his producing skills and and him you know him potentially being on that list of of really one of the most influential producers across genre we're not just talking hip hop i mean when we talk producers we're talking across genres there's a chance that dre makes it into a list of of a potential top 5 list but certainly top 10 probably i don't know yeah, you know? yeah. no i agree sure. and so i haven't i haven't listened to it i'm a loyal spotify user but i haven't i'm not on apple streaming yeah so i haven't heard it uh, so yeah, that's the that's the issue there, Dre Compton. I also wanted to mention one more news piece from this week: Taylor Swift making her rounds. And this, I thought of this, and again, going back, to, this will be tie into another list, by the way. Taylor Swift, uh, her concert, she's always bringing out a special guest, taking the cue from people like you two and others who bring out the special guest in local markets, of course. She was in San Francisco this week, or Santa Clara, rather, at the 49er Stadium. She brought out Joan Baez, which I think was really, really cool. I'm not, I mean, I'm not huge into this Taylor Swift craze kind of thing that like a lot of adults now find themselves listening to Taylor Swift. But I thought it was cool because I think it's, it's no, no. Hear me out on this one, and because if you've got a 15 year old girl, 16 year old girl who's listening, or probably younger, probably 12 to 15, right, who's listening to Taylor Swift, and they then she brings out Joan Baez, they're suddenly discovering new music through that, and I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. It's like what we used to see with with tribute albums, right? where you discover older artists because the current artists would do uh yeah. would do that so well, i, I think you, well, you also yeah, like i think it's pretty in, cool in our, in our time you know pearl jam buddying up with uh neil young and bringing yeah. that kind of into the fold uh nirvana playing all the uh lead belly tracks right. on, uh, on yeah and meat puppets too. and meat puppets yeah so you have that kind of that's always happening kind of that recognition and that uh the, the nod to what happened before so yeah. it's kind of continuing that tradition but it's just, yeah, I think it's cool because Joan yeah. Baez is not like even remotely a commercial entity. You know right, what I mean? Like, yeah. right, right. Some people she plugs, they're like, oh, it's Vance Joy. He's already got a hit. Or it's Ed Sheeran. Right. He's kind of popular. You know what I mean? Kind but Joan of, Baez is yeah. like far from pop culture, the, the realm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my – no, my point so is cool. – my point is and I'm not trying to get all sappy and, and stuff, but, I, like, you got a, a 13, 14-year-old girl who's learned how to play guitar who probably listens to Taylor Swift, and a lot of – you know, you talk to a lot of 
parents and they think Taylor Swift is great because she is this great person for girls to listen to and they're learning how to play guitar and suddenly they see Joan Baez and they you know they want to play the folk songs that Joan Baez did which is pretty cool and then hopefully and that leads them into Dylan and everywhere else I think it's pretty cool what I was going to ask you guys we did the rock draft of course like over a year ago we'll revisit it sometime <laughs> would I think of all the pop stars I don't think any real pop stars got picked we did have McCartney and Grohl picked but they're you know they're in the rock rock genre would t- oh well we had Kanye picked by Todd um, that's right yeah we had Kanye picked would you would you pick, I think Taylor Swift would be on the big board of, of I picked Questlove too well yeah that's true he's he I don't even consider him a, a pop star would you consider putting Taylor Swift in your dream band I I think at this point I might I'm I, that's all I mean, I'm I, it depends see, what my objective is yeah. what. I can see it. My objective is to sell records or whatever, sell you yeah. know, tracks, and I would pick her. But for I don't know for artistic quality, no, I wouldn't. Mm. I, this all this shit. Oh, about listen to Mister High and Mighty over here. Yeah, no, yeah. All this shit. I'm not here. A, I'm not here to sell wait, records. Sad. The artist. Sad. Tell well, us. No, wait, wait, wait. Tell us. That's why Todd, I say it. Over the course of the what? past eighteen months, have you gone to see New Kids, Gaga, and uh, Taylor Swift? Is that correct? Is that on your? Uh, uh, in in the last eighteen months. Yes. Yeah, that... no, okay. I've never seen New Kids. Oh, you haven't gone. Yeah, that's right. My wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Vicky's seen them many times. That's where you drew the line. You drew the line. I have not seen Taylor Swift since the Red Tour. He's a man of his convictions. I haven't seen Taylor Swift in two or three years since the Red Tour. All right. And I have not seen Gaga (laughs) since, again, probably two or three years ago. So I have seen them. All right. Again, I'm a good husband. I try. Yeah, yeah. Um, So those weren't exactly my idea, but I was happy as a, you know, cultural tourist. <laughs> to, uh, to see those, but, uh, yeah, but you know, to see these subcultures, it was interesting. You know, which is speaking of subcultures, was, they're like these. They, yeah. Anyway, but but Taylor Swift, what bothers me a little about her is just that uh, people gush over her because they feel like they have to because she's this giant. And Scott and I have talked about how she's the most influential person I think in the music industry yeah. of a performer. Now, Jimmy Iovine. I was going to say, people, don't tell right? Jimmy Iovine. They might be more influential. But, <laughs> but of performers, right. I think she's the most influential. We saw with the Apple thing that happened, you know, was a month or two ago uh, when she was talking about, you know, Apple paying artists for the streaming. But it's it just to me, I think a lot of these artists are bullshit when they say she's a bullshit. So that's, that's my feeling. And, and and I love that no what about, speaks but true. Maybe... Rolling Stone interviewed him and they were like, Taylor Swift is a great songwriter. And he was like, who said that? Her parents? It was great. Oh, wait. Like, okay. But okay, Todd, let me just ask you, like, if it is of yeah. her generation, who's a better songwriter of her generation? Oh, wow. So you're talking, well, we got to do a show. Oh, man, we're coming to so many shows on the show. We got to do a show, best songwriter of the last 25 years, I think. Best songwriter yeah. in. We should. We should. Damn, best songwriter of the last 10, though. 10. Yeah. Ooh, that's, uh, man. I mean. Dude, uh, well, speaking of, speaking I don't know. of which, though. Let's get I back. Love that yeah. Jam Face anointed. My morning jacket is the greatest rock live act of this century. I thought that was great because I totally. So a little that. premature. We're only fifteen years in. Well, uh, the century to date, to date, to date, to date. Okay. Yeah, that's a. T- that was really cool. Their Red Rocks performance just blew people away. I, I really want to see it. Yeah, I don't know if, I, but I. So I guess they're, uh, yeah, over over fish over. I mean, I don't well, no, but but fish didn't start this century. You know, you had to start in the last century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best. I think life. they're talking about a band that pretty much just has you know all yeah. their output has been. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, whereas Fish <laughs> came out with some of their best stuff. Probably their they did come out with their best stuff in the last century. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely. They're no, def- they're definitely members of the '90s Preservation Society, and I'm sure you saw yeah, that by yeah. taking a survey of the crowd at Merriweather this week. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little older. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit older. Um, well, let's get into the let's get into the countdown now. So, top five cult bands uh, as we you know as we talk about sub you know it's great subgroup whatever somebody just said sub communities whatever you said anyway top five mm-hmm. top five cult bands ever. Harrison, start us off. Who's on your board, man? Go. All right. Well, you know, as always, we all approach this our own way. My kind of criteria for being a cult band was a band that uh, one has an extensive either touring or discography history, like a long history. Um, Two has been has embraced a counterculture. And three uh, have fans who self identify in their fandom. So that was kind of my criteria say those, for. Say those one more time. Say 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 those criteria again. This is yeah, extra. that's interesting. Say, say the criteria okay. again. Yeah. So yeah, an extensive repertoire, either touring or uh, discography, uh, a band that has embraced a counterculture of some sort, and a fandom that self-identifies and uh, via that band. Those. I kind of self-identifies via that band. What is? What do you mean? Like they have their own name, and if somebody said to you, "I'm I am a blank," you would go, "Okay, I, I'm ninety percent have a good idea what you are." <laughs> oh, okay, all right, got I it. See. Got see. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, so with that criteria, I start off with um, number five on my list is Minor Threat, uh, and to you know a certain extent, the cult of personality of Ian McKay and everything that surrounds that. Oh yeah. And I guess, and also to a larger part, another. Oh, sorry, Harrison. Did I cut you off? No, that's cool. Where did Harrison go? Did no, I always get caught off guard. I'm here. I'm here. All right. I think uh, another thing you'll see with a lot of the cult bands is also having this kind of, um, ga- like, being the center of kind of a galaxy of different bands and music that kind of are offshoots of that group and the minor threat being a you know kind of a foundational band in the dc hardcore scene and that also moving uh, in and on through fugazi and so forth and also um the straight edge fan base like you know one of the more cultish fan bases that you have oh yeah um out there so they definitely make my list at number five oh, uh, definitely good call and talking about embrace and that's embracing definitely embracing a counterculture uh with the straight edge movement especially in the rock scene yeah that's interesting a lot of people don't think of that as the the count i like i kind of like that you drew that as as a counterculture that's interesting you know anyway no definitely definitely man i think it's the the their influence is huge and i think it's often underrated um their influence but i'll get into that on my list because it might come up (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and from there, I go to number four, which is kind of the retail cult band, the J.C. Penny of cult bands, if you will. <laughs> wow! Uh, nice. Now I'm excited <laughs> say, to hear who it is. Yeah, it's a it's Kiss, oh. you know, and the Kiss Army, um, a band that kind of reestablished themselves late, you know, and are now still out there and touring. But also that whole huge actual cult of personality, the fans that self-identify the Kiss Army. And then they do. We're the first ones to really do a great job merchandising that and and codifying it and monetizing the culture, uh, you know. And they were kind of more minor 
minor subculture, you know, more of the kind of uh, drive through movie type, I guess, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, drive in movie. You don't need to. Yeah. You know, you, Harrison, just stop talking. Let's listen to Beth. All right. Yeah. Beth. What Oh, so beautiful. Yes, the Kiss Army. Of course, the yeah. Kiss Army on the list. Yeah, all right. Kiss at number four for you. Next. And get, then they're going number three. I have Jimmy Buffett and the Parrot Heads. Should we, before before leaving the Kiss discussion, should we visit? The, sure. Should we visit? We should the Kiss the Kiss tribute album, right? Isn't shouldn't we visit that? Well, yeah. Haven't didn't we visit that recently? <laughs> we've we've been there before. <laughs> I know Scott, you love to talk about yeah, Kiss yeah, My Ass. Kiss yeah, My Ass is and I don't. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah. The Kiss the Kiss tribute album, which is I don't think it's available on on Spotify. I think you have to do a deep YouTube dive in order to find oh, yes. this. Yeah. Well, you know. I think, well, yeah. Lenny Kravitz is on there with Deuce, I think. <laughs> I think Garth Brooks is on there with Beth. I believe Gin Blossoms, Christine 16. I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting. Yeah, characters. there's yeah. Yeah, there's some good. One. No, the, the Gin Blossoms, Christine 16 is great. Kiss my ass. Yes. Classic. Dude, Len, you're right. Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Deuce. Kravitz. Oh, my. Do you know who does? And we have visited. Isn't Toad the Wet Sprocket on there? <laughs> I think they're on there. <laughs> they are. They are. It's so they weird are. that they're on a Kiss tribute. I love it. They are. And Gin Blossoms. How about this? Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, wow. Classic Toad sound. <laughs> I, I did see them live about a month ago. It was awesome. Nice. That's Toad the Wet Sprocket covering Kiss on Kiss My Ass, the Kiss tribute album, which came out in the 90s. Featured Lemonheads and the Boston's, of course, as well, because anywhere that Toad the Wet Sprocket goes in the 90s, they are there as well. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I had to do that. That, that was the DJ. I'm Wait, before out. we leave Kiss, I actually <laughs> wanted to mention something. Yeah. Because uh, uh, a big omission, I think, maybe tonight might be Rush. Yeah. That we're, you know, as a cult band. And I'll, I'll explain my reasons for not selecting them in my set, but. Uh, but I did want to mention that because I learned recently that Rolling Stone did a great cover story on Rush like a month ago. And uh, in the interview, I learned they, they opened for Kiss on a tour back in like the early to mid 70s, maybe 73, 74, I don't remember. Um, and, and when Rush opened for Kiss, they were like, they looked at Kiss and they were kind of like, these guys are full of shit. They're like, <laughs> they, they don't, you know, they don't have that much talent. Like the songs aren't that great. And they're wearing makeup and that, you know, obviously brought a lot of people in and people love that. But it was funny. So and they said that Kiss was kind of assholes to them on the tour also, which didn't help. But um, it was interesting because this goes back to our last show. But when they wrote The Spirit of Radio, at least the rumor is that a lot of that was about Kiss and about like selling your soul, basically, uh, to to sell records. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's no I mean, I don't think any connection. Nobody would dispute that Kiss did that, right? No, it's, it's, but that's the beauty of Spirit of Radio. Is like it's about music. You know, they're joking about their lack of musical integrity in '70s rock, and Kiss was who they were looking at when they were saying that. Anyway, I, I thought it was worth mentioning just because Rush 
is a great cult band, but I will explain why I didn't pick them. It is worth mentioning, and there is a clip on YouTube that I have not watched yet, so before previewing it, I'm just going to play it right now, and we'll stop it if it sucks, but it's Gene Simmons doing an impression of Rush, supposedly, and I think it's worth just worth checking out, and it was recorded at the Kiss Cruise Q&A, and if you're wondering how they spell (laughs) cruise, it's with a K. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Everywhere together, and they were nobody. Nobody knew them. They were from Canada, too. In those days, Canada meant, like, we don't care. We like them. Working man. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we heard this guy sounded like Gene, do your Russian impersonation. Oh, man. Wow, that's YouTube gold wow. right there. That is Dude, nice yeah. find there, Scott. <laughs> that was Scott I was going in blind on that one. That was gold right there. That was awesome. Wow. <laughs> wow, you just backed up my story 100%. I love it. Oh, Harrison. Those bands do not like each other. No, they do not. <laughs> oh, that's another one we got to do. Best uh, rock. Well, we've we've talked about Feuds. rock feuds, but yeah. All right, Harrison. Harrison, that might be another. Yeah. This might be another criteria: is that if you can book a cruise with your fans, you might be a cool band. <laughs> and if you, if you can do a creative naming of it as well, I think there has to yes. be some kind of creating creative name like that. Goes to the branding aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think best brands is a different cat, different time. I want to do that list. That's a different list. There'd best probably brands. be some overlap though. Yeah, there would a lot be. of overlap. A lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah, a lot of overlap. Okay. So, All right. So number three. Together. Yeah. Number three on on mine, I have Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, uh, the parrot heads, you know, and if somebody says they're Jimmy Buffett fan, you got a pretty good idea. They like to go to the beach, and they don't like to think too hard about their music. And, you know that. <laughs> and they and they like to drink, you know. And that. they like to and they like to party, and they like to party like with their hands up, raising the roof type oh, party. Yeah. You know, yeah, nothing too hard, but they're gonna have yeah, they're gonna have some mixed drinks. Oh man, some, I, yeah. I have some extended family that are huge parrot heads, so I hear a lot of Buffett whenever I'm down in the Virginia Beach area. <laughs> Yeah, and you know that they have a sign. They have a welcome to Margaritaville sign somewhere in their house or beach house or both. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's a very it's a very distinct person. They love um, visors and Bermuda shorts. <laughs> I like the details. So important. It is, but you know, I'm painting. I'm painting a word picture. You know exactly who I'm talking. No, about. yeah, no, no. Look, I am a guy who who went to a Buffett parking lot just for the tailgate. Yeah, well, I didn't go into the show. Dad, I didn't really and, care that much about yeah. the show, but the. But back then, the parking lot itself was enough for you. Also, after we left that parking lot, my car was a lot less clean than it was before we had gotten there, Todd. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure whatever it was. whatever I'm sure. Todd had put down had also come back up. So that's how oh, I did. Wait, yeah, 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 wait yeah. did yeah. I do that in the car? I don't remember well, that. Well, it was. You tried did to admit you opened the door. It was a little too late, you know. Anyway. Wait, was yeah. that Todd? Oh, Todd that? and his yeah. famous half measures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have got out, but you're like, I wasn't sure, so I just kind of maybe, oh, didn't quite get the door open. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's like when I puked in my friend's mesh trash can in College Park <laughs> in college, and I was like, yeah. I got to the trash can, and he's like, but it's fucking mesh. Oh. I was like, well, you know, it's a half victory. <laughs> Oh, you know, yeah, it yeah, yeah. I yeah. tried. I should get an A for effort, right? I want to put another criteria on the list, by the way. They have to uh, inspire tribute acts if you're on this list. You have to inspire. I thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because as I, if you if you search tributes for Jimmy Buffett, uh, the first thing that pops up is changes in latitudes. The premiere Jimmy Buffett tribute <laughs> show. How oh, different? Playing it, how different? Playing is, it, 
can, playing at your local potbelly this week. I was good, but how different can that be to the actual Jimmy Buffett show? Is my question. There are some people who've seen changes in latitudes and actually thought they saw Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Like he was playing this bar down in Myrtle Beach. I didn't have to pay a cover or nothing. And uh, I saw yeah. Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jimmy <laughs> Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, number three on your list, Harrison. Moving number oh, moving two, number two right. obviously yeah. the most controversial, but I think they hit all the points on my list, uh, probably better than anybody these days, is Insane Clown Posse. A band oh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can you yes. give me a track? To, he, he went there. Is there? Well, first of all, there's two. Literally. Two, two, Harrison, I have two questions for you on this one. Number one, did you see them at Woodstock 99? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm asking for real. Did you like? I want to know what it's like to see them. Did you actually see them at Woodstock? No, you I, were there. I, I did not see them. Was, <laughs> I'm sure they were there, like in the crowd or no, hanging out they or were, something. Oh no, oh no, they were shitty. And, no, no, they were. Oh, shitty. they actually played no. Woodstock '99. Oh, nice. dude, did they? Come on, if, if look at the lineup: Creed, Limp Bizkit, Invite Insane, Clown Posse, too, and call it a trio, man. I mean, I'm sure hey. they were there. Look, I think Harrison's memory needs some reinforcement here about Woodstock '99. I'll check that out. But Harrison, the second question i have is what is the definitive insane clown posse track that our listeners need to hear right now i literally have no idea I so i should just i should just pick one out all right we'll do yeah boogie boogie woogie woo. miracle is there miracles on there is that the one magnets how do they work is that on there what i don't even i don't know this one's called boogie woogie woo oh god you know, it, it sounds like a Limp Bizkit B-side. Or it sounds like a bad, like, the, yeah, the outtakes from the Judgment Night soundtrack. They're like, no, yes. this this isn't what we're looking for. Not no, at all. Definitely <laughs> not going on the album. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, the question wasn't best cult bands. Where was it? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Well, well I, my question is, is there an insane clown posse tribute band? Because I bet there is. And I would steer. There probably is. But they, but they also, they also have this huge, like, you know, again, constellation of other bands like Twisted and but there's like all these bands that are their offshoots and on their label and they have the Gathering of the Juggalos every year, a huge, you know, get together of all their fans. Is, it, where they, is that in the same place every year? I'm curious where that it is. It is. It's is it like, like yeah. Nebraska or something. Yeah, it's off you Iowa. Know, okay. Some dirt farm somewhere. Just like <laughs> yeah. I, I would not I would not visit that. Just wouldn't do it. Just, uh, oh, no, dude, that dude. is more dangerous than Judgment Night. Literally, like you could reenact, <laughs> reenact Judgment Night or go to the gathering of the gigolos i'd rather be in that fucking rv with jeremy piven dennis leary and cuba gooding jr and get attacked by every dude from the hood yeah okay yeah i think this i think the soil has hepatitis a there yes Uh, didn't they i would rather go to burning man than go to the gathering of the Dude, burning man's legit yeah. burning man i'd, I'd go to burning man, man. Yeah, okay. i'd go to burning man burning I, man i don't really want to go to burning man but i would rather go well todd first of all you wouldn't survive. you would be the one I, burning in the middle you would they'd be like yeah just gonna like you'd be standing you would literally just burst into flames <laughs> as soon as you got there yeah Dude, I'd be uh, like a lamb being led to mm. slaughter if I went was to that No, a, you get there hey, and Todd would be like, I didn't bring any water. Did anybody bring was extra? Harrison. Does anybody have right. a hat? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have sunscreen? Harrison <laughs> bursting into yeah. flames. Was that an incubus reference right there? Or uh <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Okay. okay. All right. All right, no. uh, insane clown posse, uh, a questionable number two on your list, but we'll we understand. I mean, now they're a definite number two. Wait, oh, we do have to check. We do have to check. 
check. Did they play Woodstock '99? That uh, I I think they were, dude. I think they were on that shit stock lineup. There's no doubt about it. Like, yeah, we can watch the full show on YouTube. It's 52 minutes of. You don't. Oh, or we can watch a single track called "Fuck the World." I mean, dude, this. I don't think we need what, to do that. Yeah, I don't think we need to at all. But I'm just saying, there's. Well, let's read their set list uh, at Woods. What you missed? Their set list. They opened with a sad. Oh, they did play. They, they played. Yeah, they played. They, they played. They did play. They played. Oh, they shit. played Boogie Woogie Woo. They played Fuck the World. They played The Stalker. And then they played <laughs> I Want My Shit. And wait, they started the tra- They started the set with the same song they ended, some song called Assassins, where they played the first verse. By the way, it's amazing that somebody kept track of this. That's the part that makes this yes. more incredible. Yes, um, that's sad. They, they opened with Assassins, and they played the first verse in the chorus, but then they didn't finish it until the end of their set. Todd, I mean, uh, Harrison, you missed a doozy there, obviously. No, I, I, did, I have to tell you, honestly, at Woodstock 99, we never made it to the West Stage the entire time because it was three miles from the East Stage. The East Stage. Wow. Well, it was literally good, three miles. And you planning. had to dodge. You also had to dodge the people on fire, not like Burning Man where there was just stuff on fire. Where there was a thing people of, were actually there on were fire. people on fire. Yeah, and I love when you look up Woodstock 99 on Google, the first thing that comes up is an article from SF Gate, San Francisco Chronicle, July 28, 1999, and it's titled Woodstock 99, The Day the Music Died. And then it has... <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> Not wrong. Insane awesome. clown boss who started the ball rolling by throwing $100 bills into the audience <laughs> and watching gleefully while a melee ensued. Kid Rock demanded that the kids pelt the stage with plastic water bottles. Soon it looked like a plague of locusts, with Rock himself having to seek shelter from the hail of plastic <laughs> projectiles. Wow. Oh my. Harrison, I was there, sorry man. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Is oh, it yeah, yeah. It, yeah, get those three days back. Yeah. Woo! Harris, is it too late for you to get your money back? <laughs> wow. No. The worst perpetrator. I lost a bit of my soul that weekend. Mm. The worst, yeah, the worst perpetrator was Limp Bizkit, the huge metal rap band. I witnessed the megalomania of singer Fred Durst in June when he nearly caused a riot at Shoreline Amphitheater. Stage, he, he then encouraged the audience to rush the guards and close to the stage. Stagehands, recognizing they were outnumbered by whacked-on music kids, wisely stepped aside and let nature take its course. Anyway. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so people wow, just dirty. hit the, yeah, whatever. Anyway, that was Woodstock 99. All right. <laughs> yep, insane clown posse at number two on your list. Next up, Harrison. so we're on to Harrison's top pick. Yeah. Yeah. At number one on my list, the band that apparently will not die, uh, the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> apparently, Fare Thee Well only referred to uh, <laughs> Phil Lesh. Region, it was now... regional. It was regional. They did. They did a West Coast. They did a Midwest. Oh no, we didn't do anything on the East Coast. So yeah. Now yeah, they did. The, they did. They, they did, did the Jerry thing at Merriweather. Oh right, Mary... the Jerry. Yeah. yeah. So it's just yeah, God. Oh man, like another John, John Mayer thing. Right? John, John Mayer, it's just like just uh, stab me in the heart, guys. This is this is horrible. Well, Dude, it's the biggest cash grab since like Money Mayweather's last fight. <laughs> All right, oh, this is so since, bad. Oh, no, since Woodstock like, '99. Yeah, I'm like oh, since that. Yeah, I think I think basically it's like. Uh, uh, Kreutzmann is bad in with the mob and owes people a lot of money. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Mickey Hart literally doesn't know that Jerry Garcia is dead. <laughs> and... <laughs> yes. Phil, oh. <laughs> he doesn't. 
care. As long as he plays with his 30-piece percussion set, he doesn't give a shit. Guys, Bob Weir doesn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. No, no, and Bob Weir is trying to prove to the world yeah. that nobody actually needs Jerry Garcia. <laughs> He's the real heart of the band, and he will fucking die on stage to prove it. Yeah. In, in cut-off jeans, no less. Yeah, and Bill Lash, Bill Lash Dude, knows Bill- he's not getting a... Th- He's not getting a third lever, so he's fucking, he's out. He's, he's taking a, yeah, he's done. <laughs> That's good, but they're number one on your list. I was going to spin the Grateful Dead in a positive way. They are, uh, to, to give away. No, I love them. Come on, I, I love them, man. That, no, no, but I wanted, to, I wanted to get positive on the Dead for a second because I did watch this week uh, Dan Rather, who is still alive, by the way. Uh, wow. Yeah, and he was on, he did a show. <laughs> Uh, called the big interview on Axis TV. It was watched by one and a half people. One of those people being me. <laughs> he interviewed Bob Weir, and I thought the interview was awesome. I only got through half of it. Uh, you can see, you know, you're a parent. You only get through half of everything. But anyway, I got. So maybe you were only half of the people. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, and no, but what he said it was interesting. He talked about the music of the dead, and I, I this really stuck with me. He said, you know, our fans are people who want adventure in their lives, adventure in their music. I'm being deep here for a second, so we're shifting. This is a shift from Insane Clown Posse with Second Nine, but I'm being serious. Like I think on a serious note, and they are number one on my list too, um, I thought it was a really cool way to summarize them because the question I would have asked Bob Weir if I was sitting in Dan Rather's shoes, I was thinking about that. I was like, what would I ask this guy? And I would ask, and, and because as you're listening to the interview, it's obvious that they are on the, arguably to some people, to a lot of people, they're on the same level as the Beatles and, and Rolling Stones, to some people, again, right? Um, and and, oh, and so what is, so the question then is, what is the differentiator? And I'm not talking about commercial success. That's lame. You can you know what that differentiator is. You know, the sound, okay, they sound more poppy than the dead do. But it's it's that adventure aspect. And I thought he hit the nail on the head with that. And that was their mission back at the beginning. And it, it is the mission that it still carries through it's with that embra- band, right? Embracing the embracing a counterculture. Life. That is the but also the, the adventure. Not to get all like like the adventure of life. And when I think about all of us like the dead music and like you yeah. think about the people who like it and the people who don't, and that's definitely the differentiator is the people who want some kind of adventure who want to uh, who, who who I don't know, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm not try, again, like not trying to get too deep, but it is about it is about embracing life and, and in a certain way. And um, I think they they what I'm getting at is they succeeded in the mission they started 50 years ago. No, do not put a John Mayer joke in here. I'm being I'm being serious. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was anyway. That was my take on the dead. So I'm I'm with you on that one at number one. But, I get. It. I love them. I love them. Don't it, get me wrong. No, I, yeah. I can't argue with that either. Harrison, read read back your list for us, fam. All right, number five, Minor Threat. Number four, Kiss. Number three, Jimmy Buffett. Number two, The Juggalos, Favorite Band, Insane Clown Posse. And number one, The Grateful Dead. All right. Okay, onto onto my list. Uh, at number five, Todd, how did you describe the five spot last time? You said the five spot is like that... That, uh, the five spots, it's like the floater or the wild card. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's, it's, like it's a passion project. Every, every yeah. time we do a show, passion. the five spot, yeah, yeah it, it fluctuates. But it is the passion spot. It's like, yeah. I'm going to put my whatever. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to put this in because I love it. Yeah, That's yeah. So I'm giving it I'm giving it to Dumfries McGee. I saw them back in the day in, in Indiana. Obviously, went to IU. Saw them in, in Indiana. Small crowd, now playing for very big crowds. Um, I would say they've, they've kind of plateaued, but as a, a very hardcore fan base, um, um, never got to the level. Uh, obviously, this, I mean, this goes without saying. Never got to the level of Fish of the Dead. Arguably, never even got to the level of, of String Cheese. Never got to the level of probably or even widespread. widespread probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, widespread. Um, but 
I, I, I wanted to put them on the list. I think they, they have a very loyal following, and they, they do still obviously sell out plenty of venues. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same people seeing their show over and over and over again. But no, what they, they, yeah. I, I was what, telling someone last night about the show topic tonight, and they yeah. were like, I said top cult bands, and they were like, you're going to have Humphreys on? Oh, see and that? it was so funny because yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, no, I wasn't going to but i'm glad you mentioned it there you go you're doing there your you research go. yeah I'm validation at the fish show what do their fans call themselves geezers or sure. do they have a name mick geezers well that's true that might they don't have i don't know if their fans have names and i don't know if there are any umphreys tribute acts out there so that might take them <laughs> out of the running yeah that would be a little obscure um number four on my list is kiss we've discussed number three on my list is buffett we've discussed Number two, of course, the omission from your list, Harrison, which is ridiculous, is fish. Uh, and we yes. discussed fish. And, I mean, Harrison, I don't know. You're going to have to talk about this when we make the big list, why you left fish off the list. Or you can you can, you can can say it now. I'm well, not- I just I, – I, I grew up in a Grateful Dead house, like in, right. a, in a very – in a strict Orthodox Grateful Dead house. <laughs> orthodox. So it, was, it was Orthodox dead. So the fish were like <laughs> – Fish were like yeah. fish yeah. were like the Episcopalians of the the uh, of So like you know they weren't. My dad acknowledged them, but wasn't really ready to let them into the sanctuary. So, oh, I, so grew- I thought fish were more like the, the like the the conservatives versus the Orthodox, maybe being the dead. That was my. You know, conservative Jews mm. versus the Orthodox. That well, was I, thing. well, I, I, again, you're outside of my realm of understanding. But yes, <laughs> Harrison, I mean, you, why are we outside your realm of understanding? You have curly hair and you listen to Grateful Dead. How is Judaism know, outside right. of your realm of understanding? I don't understand. Right. And you had a lawyer, <laughs> and you had a lawyer father. Please, Harrison, lawyer father, I'm this? a lawyer. I grew up in Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm most of the way there. I got six. I have six yarmulkes in my yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in my <laughs> sock drawer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I know. I get it. So I'm just saying, yeah. So I just, they weren't allowed in that. They weren't really invited in the house, I guess. So they, right. they're they outside of my realm, but you're right. They should be on, I, they will be on the top five. I knew you guys were going to cover yeah. them. So. Wait, so was your dad not a fan of fish or was he kind of like ambivalent? Ambivalent, totally ambivalent. Just never okay. really got into them. And he saw them kind of as a writer on, on the Grateful right. Dead. Right. And this was, and, you know, in, in his time, that was kind of the case. They hadn't quite broken out yet um i think yeah. in the same way so but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because i was thinking earlier today when i was com- you know working on the list and everything finalizing it i was thinking oh man how awesome would it be if your dad was here to be a guest on that so I'm oh sorry yeah, to yeah get sorry to get heavy but like, oh, no, it's but cool. it would be awesome to have i used to call him the legend still call him the legend to have him on here because he would love this show yeah yeah this would be his this is be his joint yeah for <laughs> sure his, yeah no, I, all over it. Yeah, but on that, on a, on another note, on that topic, I, I as we were doing this show, I was like, you know what would have been amazing? If we had gotten a representative from each fan group to come on, like some, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean, right. it would have been amazing and have them actually battle out uh, on who, who's number one. Anyway, no, no, I would love to hear the juggalo against yeah, the fish head. That yeah, would be the, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, the fish head and the dead head would have to team up and go against the, the parrot head. It would be great. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, my number one is, is the dead. So my, my top five, Umphreys at five, Kiss at four, Buffett at three, Fish at two, and The Grateful Dead at number one. Todd, your list. You're up. All right. That's a great list. Uh, very solid. So my number five, again, this is my, my passion project, I guess. Um, they don't have the long history. So one thing I want to mention before I get into my list, though, is that we talked about, Harrison talked about criteria, which is always important. You know, what, what are you looking for in these bands? And so when I went through this, it's funny, when the topic came up originally, I did go for bands 
that just had devoted followings because that was that's the first thing you think of with a cult or a cult mm. band is a devoted following so i thought of that but then later i guess uh, for me i decided that i didn't i didn't really want to have i wanted to have bands that never really had hits for the most part or like big hits i guess like they weren't radio acts they weren't commercially successful and so that was part of that's why rush didn't make it because rush was definitely on my list at one point because they have amazingly devoted fans saw a tribute band to them blame canada a few months ago they were awesome nice i've never seen air drumming like that at a show it was so good um so there are a lot of bands out there whether it's rush or kiss or even dave matthews or bruce springsteen the e street band people who's fucking seen them like a hundred times and I'm always amazed. I'm like, I've seen them like 15 to 20, but they've seen them like a hundred times. So there are these, what I would consider like cult type bands, but I, I took them off. Even Elvis, you know, that's mm -hmm. like a cult. But um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to just narrow it down. I'm going to make it bands that never had much, much commercial. Well, they may, you know, they had success selling tickets, but not like on the radio or selling records. So I wanted to preface it with that. No, that's an interesting and, take, and that's an interesting uh, reason, because I did want to talk about the bands that didn't make this list after we all did our list, and that's an interesting reasoning for Rush not making the list, because when you look at the bands that we've talked about today, nobody has had commercial success outside of Kiss, maybe. I mean, Kiss, I, I guess, had they had a, a good amount of commercial success, right? But not a... Not a Some, yeah, but not huge. Not huge, but yeah, so, so that's an interesting... Even, even Rush had comment. more hits than Kiss, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, there's not, a, you know, you look at Buffett, not a lot of uh, commercial success, touring success, obviously we know about the dead, we know about fish, so, yeah, that's right. an interesting, interesting takeaway from the entire list, I think. Yeah, and that's why I didn't put on, like, Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, because, like, those bands are so big, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's if like they weren't called bands, it wouldn't matter, you know? Yeah, they're just the mainstream successful, that's the t kind of TCO running for being a cult band. Yeah, that's and that was the thing about Springsteen, like, even though Springsteen has mainstream appeal, there are these diehards, which I love, and it's awesome to meet them at shows, but it's just not, it's not, I can't say it's just like a cult yeah. like Springsteen. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I think I think so. biggest brands in rock is a different different topic than- It than is, that's cult. true. Yeah. So, all right, Todd. So anyway, going into my list, sorry, that was my preface, but number five, you know, definitely, I wanted to have someone a little more contemporary because I feel like this is a topic that lends itself to old, you know, acts of the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, so I, I picked a band of this current generation, Titus Andronicus, uh, who's one of my favorite uh, bands touring right now. And um, they're from New Jersey. That's always a plus in my mind. Um, they're, they're a hugely ambitious group um, that fuses hardcore punk with some a little bit rootsier folk type of influences. Um, and uh, when I say ambitious, they, they, they made an album called The Monitor, that's a concept album about the Civil War, um, which is a great album. As in the Merrimack and the Monitor? Uh, yes, exactly. And it's about the Civil War, and it's, it's an awesome album. Um, they came out with an album uh, in between that was not a concept album. It was a live, a live recording that was very good. Now I'm forgetting, blanking on the name. But then they have a brand new album, uh, which I'm really excited about. It's called The Most Lamentable Tragedy. And it's a 93-minute... 29 song five part rock opera and i just i admire that in a band in in 2015 yeah a band that's making a rock opera like that and and I, i've listened to it and i'm still digesting it 
but uh, it, it, it's 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 really worth listening to. And uh, Patrick Stickles is the the front man, and and he's the type of visionary front man that's sorely lacking, I think, in music today. So anyway. That was worth a mention to me. Well said. Uh, well Titus said. Titus Andronicus. They do cover Outlong Sign on this uh, on this album. I see on the uh, on the new one. Is on it on the... Most Lamentable Tragedy? It is. Right? It is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I want to check that out. I've liked them. Uh, you know, I've liked the the stuff I've heard from them over the years. So uh, mm-hmm. I want to check. Oh, they're out great. The yeah. So number four. Uh, this overlaps with Harrison, but I have Minor Threat. Um, nice. And I, I'm sure it goes back to our DC roots, but um, they are DC hardcore legends. They're hardcore legends, you know, wherever you go. Um, you know, hardcore punk would not be what it is without Minor Threat. You could throw Black Flag in there, too. It was hard for me to decide. Um, but Minor Threat, as Harrison mentioned, the straight-edge punk movement would not be what it, what it is or what it was uh, without Ian MacKay and Minor Threat. And, and that took... To me, the idea of a cult band to another level, you know, you, you have this whole lifestyle, uh, which you can't say about most of the bands we're talking about, where people are not drinking, they're not doing drugs. And, and in a way, that's engaging them with the music that they're listening to. And I thought that I think that's cool. There's something cool about that. I've never been straight edge, so I can't say that, or at least not, you know, since I was able to drink or, yeah. <laughs> you know. Straight edge, if you're not now, you never were. That's the Yeah, I'm pretty not yeah. So I can't say from personal experience, but I think that's, I think that like, you know, when you talk about cult bands, um, and again, the influence of minor threat is just, is, is huge. Like you, you know, you, you, most of those bands that came along in the nineties, a lot of those, what we call alternative rock bands were influenced by minor threat, including, you know, chiefly Nirvana, but many other bands. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Number three, moving on, uh, the replacements. This also ties into the punk, the punk scene uh, of you know they bridged that punk scene of the late '70s. Uh, their first album came out in 1981, but they were really um, out in front of of what we in the '80s at least what people called college rock or later alternative music. That was the replacements. That was REM. Um, you know, and the replacements. I always it's funny. I read a great. Uh, oral history of the replacements a few years ago and uh it, it, it kind of it, it, it i never realized but like in a lot of ways them and rem went along the same path but then they diverged at a certain point of course because rem went on to this pop stardom and the replacements uh kind of sabotaged themselves at every point that they possibly could because that was just their outlook um but they had a huge influence on nirvana hold steady gaslight anthem some of my favorite bands um, and they connected punk to some of the more pop side of things or pop inclinations. Um, and Alex Chilton gets at that, which was one of their, I, I don't think they ever had a legitimate hit, but Alex Chilton would be the one, I guess, or can't hardly wait. Maybe. Um, but anyway, and also last thing about the replacements, they had some the legendary live shows. I've never seen them live. I'm upset that I didn't see them a few months ago. They are touring now. They reunited tickets sold out in like a nanosecond and I didn't get them. But uh, they have these unpredictable live shows where, well, they used to. I don't know about now, but back in the 80s, unpredictable live shows. They could be like sloppily drunk and, and sounding horrible, or they could be brilliant and still chaotic. It's so. kind of like our shows. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Some overlap. Except there. for the could be part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when I get my top two, it's some ground we have covered. Um, I'll add a little bit, but... But number two, Fish, 
Um, I did see them last night, but they would have been on here anyways. Uh, but yeah, they, they definitely, we, we, you know, I think they, yeah, people always tie them to the dead. Um, some of that I think is okay. That's deserved. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, but they took it further with some of the special kind of the special events that they have, like the Halloween shows, the, the it festival, Clifford ball, like they do all these yeah. things to cater to their fans, which is so cool. I think uh, there's this tight connection between and, and even on this tour, what I've noticed is the nightly setless scrutiny that you see of fish <laughs> yeah. that you do not see of any other band. You don't. Uh, uh, like, no, even, no other band is starting like, today. I, I follow no. my morning jacket set list day to day. Yeah. But like, it's unlike anyone else. Um, and they were probably one of the first bands for to, to do instant archival and dissemination of all of their live recordings. I mean, I know Pearl Jam did that a long time ago, but Fish is... Uh, yeah, Pearl Jam has been on the top of that, time. too. Well, Pearl yeah. yeah, no, no, both of those bands. I, I would say they did it... Um, pretty much simultaneously i think pearl jam did it a little bit before but pearl jam was somewhat inefficient of course now, by distributing it via cd which was just an any right. you remember that when pearl jam put out like every show and they distributed yeah. commercially they, and they still right. they was, still do but they intense. still do but now you can but now and for the last 10 years it's been that you could get or maybe not 10 years eight years like the a, basically an hour an hour after the show is over you yeah. can download the show same with, yeah. same with fish same yeah. with fish on your uh you, you had a code on your ticket and uh, you can do the same thing with fish. So that's good yeah. fan service. Yeah, it is. And maybe so. and does Pearl Jam deserve to be on this list? And we're just all a little too close. Let's talk that, about let's let's or, get to uh, yeah. Todd's number one, and then let's talk about uh, some omissions. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the last thing I was gonna say about fish was just them bringing a little bit uh, a different a little bit of a different aspect to jam. You know what we call jam bands. You know broadly, but but that funk, like the funk, the jazz, and pop sensibility. They brought to it that, uh, you know, it's worth mentioning. Anyway, number one, Grateful Dead. I don't think there's any argument here. I think they defined what a, what a cult band is. Uh, there was no, I don't know that there was a cult band before them, but they set the standard for fanatical devotion, um, meaning that could be traveling with a band to see multiple shows or a whole tour. That could be trading tapes with people. That could be, you know, a merchandising empire that they built. Could be bootlegs. Single tie, every single tie, quote unquote, designed by the lead singer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. my father. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my number one. But uh, cool. But anyway, yeah. The dead. The dead did, did define it. I think they set the bar. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Todd. Recap. Recap your top five. So that's it. No recap. Yeah. Recap your top five for us. Top five. Yeah. Okay. Number yeah. five. Titus Andronicus. Yep. Number four, uh, Minor Threat. Number three, Replacements. Two, Fish. And one, Grateful Dead. All right. Some omissions that we have not discussed before we do the big list. I wanted to ask Harrison specifically. Harrison, Tool did not make your list. I know you're a fan. I was, yeah. I, you know, I didn't really encounter the Tool fandom until I got to college. Uh, I thought that they yeah. were, um, and they were something like in our era. We all grew up together in the same area. I didn't think they were really that big we grew up on the east coast i thought midwest they may be a little bigger they now have yeah. a huge very loyal fan base who sees them every time they tour you're a big fan harrison they didn't make your list i don't know yeah i just i don't maybe they don't fall as much into that whole counterculture scene i don't, I don't know anybody who defines themselves as a toolie or a toolhead you know like <laughs> um i like you know, that toolhead 
Yeah, there's no like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. I don't know anybody who caravans to the show. There's no, there's definitely no parking lot scene, right? right. So, <laughs> I don't know if they if they have that same cultural aspect. You know, those are just the same nerds who are into like uh, porcupine tree and uh, kings <laughs> kings X and all that stuff. Yes, yeah, king crimson. crimson. Yeah, yeah, all those bands. Those are the ones. Prog yeah. rock. Yeah. It's it's got it's it's guy you know, guys who work in the AV department or IT <laughs> or guitar world, and they have long hair down to the you know the, the their mid back and they wear black all the time they would and have been would have been iron maiden fans 20 years ago 25 they years just, ago. yeah they drive their hand me down 1994 ford escort <laughs> and they definitely teach guitar lessons uh okay. teach guitar oh, yeah. lessons in between in between shifts at papa john's yeah so uh, we all know that yeah and I you love get... the specificity here it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> All I right, and we talked about Rush being. I like Todd. I like your reasoning for Rush. It was hard for me to leave him off the list. That that it number four hard. spot was Kiss versus Rush, ironically, and I sided with Gene Simmons. It yeah, was tough. Funny. Get it was like it was you know I, it was pick a Jew, Gene or Getty, and I went with Gene, and uh, and that was that was just how it was. So uh, any other any other omissions for you guys that we haven't talked about today? I mean, there are plenty, but yeah. Harrison. Dave Matt Dave Matthews, but yes. I thought he was too, a little too mainstream. Yeah. That's why he didn't That's make what it I worse. thought too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Or at least our mainstream, right? I would like, not go. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go with Dave Matthews as being a, yeah a cult. No, there's no way. I mean, no he way. had a big. He has a yeah. big following. But, but no, yeah, I agree. no chance. No. Well, let's let's put together the. I, yeah, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry, you had some omissions. Oh, no, I was yeah. just gonna yeah. add like Husker Du. I mentioned the replacements. Yeah. But Husker Du was definitely like their yeah. contemporary in, in the Minneapolis Twin Cities scenes. Or seen, Husker Du, The Smiths. I know Harrison loves The Smiths. Um, I came across band, them in my research. They were a band. They have a pretty devoted following. And uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there were a couple: Radiohead, Motorhead, Radiohead, OAR. No, Radiohead. OAR. Is, yeah. Yeah. O OAR. I was. I had a note, and I didn't know if I should discuss Did it. You, 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 you went know, there. Right. You went there. OAR is probably a fair. There's probably that's a fair mention. I think Radiohead yeah. is definitely worth the discussion. Again, yeah, I'm not. A, you guys are both bigger Again, fans than me. Yeah. yeah so. For me, yeah. it was the fact that Radiohead had some commercial success. So I was like, you know what? It didn't. It didn't mean. Yeah. Much yeah, yeah but they do have a huge following. But very little. I mean, they had about the same amount of commercial success as as the Grateful Dead, arguably, right? I mean, one song, one. Oh no, 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 no. Well, they, oh, they've, got three, they've got three, three or four, three or four. Three Dead or... had one top ten song ever. And what? Radiohead's got three. I mean, they got High and Dry. They got Fake Plastic, fake plastic trees, trees, and Karma Trees. Okay, Computer. Uh, uh, Karma Police, right? Oh, Karma Police. Yeah, I guess. All right. Paranoid yeah. Android. All right, uh, I'll give it to you. Yeah, the Dead. I don't think had that much. No, just Touch of Grey. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not so, to mention Creep, which was also probably I their see. biggest hit. I see. Oh, well, that, yeah. Obvious. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought that it was worth mentioning. Those yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we've, we've done a good job covering the, the potentials for the big list. Uh, dead at number one, hands down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then where do we build from there? We Fish ends up fish, on the fish list. Fish at number two. Fish, fish at number two. two. I'll give it to all you. Right. That's and minor, does minor threat go? Does minor threat go at three? That's, I think that's so. They're the only yeah, so. other on, overlap. Right? On that topic, you know. No, Buffett and Kiss are also oh, Buffett and yeah. Kiss. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, all right. I mean, I go. I had. I had Buffett. I had and I had Kiss. So I'd put them above. But you guys. You guys did make good arguments for Minor Threat, and the influence is is huge. Obviously, what about Minor Threat? Buffett? It is huge. Minor, Minor Threat, Buffett, and Kiss. Wow. Yeah. Kiss making the final list. Look at that. Gene Simmons. <laughs> that he just sneaks in there, man. 
Yeah. Put them you in number five. Yeah. Number five. They're five. That's, that's five. That's, that's okay. fair. I can live with Kiss at five. Yeah, that's fair. So the the definitive list, your top five cult bands, number five, Kiss, number four, Jimmy Buffett, number three, Minor Threat, number two, Fish, and a number one. On the, the summer of the 20th anniversary, Jerry Garcia's death, Grateful Dead. It's very fitting that we did this topic. Yes. Good list, nice. guys. Uh, what do yeah, you Yeah, I feel like yeah. this summer, I feel like this summer, oh, anyway, I was going to say, yeah, go ahead. Like, we've already talked about fish and we've talked about the dead, but I feel like it's it's a good topic for the summer because this is a big summer for fish because I think they're, they're kind of hitting new highs in terms of their live performance. And I think for the dead, because they're doing these reunion types of shows, it's big for them. So, I think it's a yeah. I agree. It's a good time to be talking about. It's a revival. Yeah, it's a revival summer. There's a lot of good stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you guys been listening to anything, Harrison? What have you been listening to lately, man? Well, I actually I got to spend a a good amount of time in the car with my daughter this weekend, uh, Penny, and she uh, loves her alternative rock. Uh, So she was singing along to Coleman Hell, uh, Two Heads. Uh, which she says is really good, but really just the banjo part's her favorite part. But she likes singing along to it. Um, and she also uh, chimed in on the church's new single, Never in New Circles. The church's um, new stuff is great. Their new stuff is yeah. really oh, yeah. it's good, awesome. man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She said, actually, she didn't like it. She thought it was too uh, too uh, aggressive. That was her take on <laughs> take it. But uh, I, think, I think she'll come around on it. It was her first time listening to it. I think she'll come around. I have been listening to. There's a new uh, Greg Allman live album that just came out. I mean, it's, you know, obviously, no, there isn't any new material, but I found myself really digging it, and I've been involved in these these Greg Allman Dicky bets going back and forth discussions as Greg Allman does interviews to promote the album, and then he's like, "I'll play with Dicky again," and then Dicky said, "Oh yeah, I'll play with Greg again," and you know that they saw the Fairly Well shows, and they're like, "We can make some coin doing that." So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we'll see we'll see that at some point. But yeah, new Greg Allman live album that's out uh, available on Spotify. Spotify now. Todd, what are you checking nice. out, man? Um, I've been listening a lot to uh, the Iron and Wine uh, Ben Bridwell mm-hmm. collaboration. Ben Bridwell being the, the front man or lead singer of Band of Horses. Uh, oh. It's so good. It's a, it's an album of, I think, 12 covers of just of their favorite songs. It's called Sing Into My Mouth. And uh, that's a line from a Talking Heads song. That's why it's called that. Gotcha. But um, yeah. They, they, they cover This Must Be The Place by Talking Heads. And that's a great song, but there's so many good songs. They're, I love the album. So if you're into Band of Horses at all, if you're into Iron, Iron and Wine at all, um, if you're into good songwriting, I recommend checking it out. And also, I, I did want to mention Langhorn Slim. Oh, that album's um, great. Sorry. Who, it's just a great <laughs> it's album. In there. It's yeah. awesome. Strangers yeah. is the single, but so many good songs. I didn't even know that Scott actually interviewed Langhorn Slim. I looked that up. That was 2009 at Lollapalooza. 2009. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 I haven't even heard of him until now. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd like to. I go way back with Langhorn Slim. Yeah. The, um, the, oh, the new album. Yeah. So good. He's, he's really good. I got a chance to see him. It's great. A few times. Yeah. He's good. Very good. Yeah. He's at another, he's a Pennsylvania guy like G Love. He's a, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. Yeah. Langhorn Slim is that? That's the yeah. So the new album is "Way We Move." That's the name. Is that the that's that album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Great album. Cool. Well, Harrison, I mean, you're up at the jukebox, man. The Dead. It's your thing. It's your family's thing. What song is taking us out on the 20th anniversary of Jerry's death? And as we do this show about the top cult bands, and obviously Wait, Grateful Dead. What, what would the legend want? That's yeah. What's taking us out 
Harrison? Uh, um, uh, Eyes of the World. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Let's, nice. Let's do it, man. Always a good call. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank yeah. you. And we'll talk to you soon. Right outside this lazy summer.